Hello and welcome to School Paradigms, a show where we discuss issues that impact instructional practice and find possible solutions. I'm your host, Bankeshalaru. Today will be a continuation of episode one, featuring opinions from experts, practitioners in the field of education. Okay, let's get into it. One of the things that uh, one of my students pointed out to me, and it was clear, he pointed out, he said there was no teach, there was no student input on the implementation of technology. Immediately they came in, it was like, okay, give everybody a laptop. So he said he would have felt better if you would have gave him a technology, it would have been a tablet or a pad that he could write on because they're transitioning from writing on paper and pencil to now typing. And a lot of students, when did they get taught typing skills? When did they get taught how to type? Many know how to peck real fast. Well, what's the difference between the teacher and the student? There you go. The same thing. Same Many thing. teachers didn't didn't have typing skills. They knew how to peck. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things that were under 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 developed somewhere. Well, not underdeveloped, but we didn't pay attention to that should have been brought to us first before we say, Hey, let's, let's do this first to get you prepared. So we utilize technology. I learned typing in high school. I think that's when I first learned typing in high school. And again, we used a typewriter. So it was customary to, you know, Hey, once you implemented a, a computer, well, the keys are still aligned the same. So you knew how to type. But we're talking about exposing kids in elementary school to technology. Who's teaching them the basic skills first before we have this expectation and think that, oh, y'all going to roll out. Y'all going to be effective. Yeah, I think there's some good points that you brought up. But even with the typing, this generation probably will not type. They will probably speak. So typing will actually will yes. be actually yeah. phased out. Right. So we're going right. to be teaching skills. Right today that are going to be erased in a matter of years. So um, one of the things that as we all spoke, it made me think when we return to school with some sense of normalcy, how much technology will be utilized and how much technology will just be forgotten about? How much, let me say how much basic skills will be forgotten. Because we're talking about implementing technology. Young people don't even know how to use cursive anymore. We don't write in cursive anymore. We don't, we don't write because now, and as you just said, you write. If we're getting rid of typing skills and now you're able to talk to text, talk to text is take over. And so now we're creating these gaps. We have a problem in our society, and, and in fact, I tried to force my daughters to, there was a book I tried to force them to read, uh, How to Communicate, where conversation, just simple conversation, is lost. If I see a person in the distance, as one human being to another human being, let me walk up to you and develop a conversation. But we see it now in our society, and we see it in the classroom, where I don't even necessarily interact with you no more. So we're talking about small group work or small group activities and students struggle with how to properly or effectively 
talk to each other because I can easily stand right next to you. Or we know people be in the elevator. Or we know people be in the same home with each other. And they will text the person in the house. I'm going to text them. I'm not even going to, you in the next room. I can just yell out or get up and go over there and walk over to you and ask you a question. No, I'm going to text you. Well, I have a question for Ahmad. And this is something mm -hmm. that he may have expertise in and just could give us some feedback. One of the problems I see is with digital platform. Um, we can almost manipulate and change it. Whereas in the era where we had something printed, mm -hmm. if it was incorrect or correct, mm -hmm. we could go to the source and say, this is where I pulled this information from. Mm -hmm. But in the digital platform, information can be used and changed at any moment. Right. So we have to challenge the source of the information that we utilize or that we create. You know, and, I, and I'm glad you say that. As a social studies teacher, you know, we always talk about social studies is a content which students not necessarily should be reading, but they should be experiencing. So, so, so for example, condescending ideas may look at the idea of utilizing technology, say for example, social studies, you know, we, we feel that students should be doing more research. And, and I heard a gentleman saying, not just research, but you're looking at two different perspectives. And we should be utilizing technology to allow people to look at different perspectives and engaging and researching. Like for example, I, I, I do know it's, it's, it's the COVID era, but uh, I don't know, last time I've heard anybody talk about the social studies fair or the science fair or those those competitions that we used to have where students had to go in and do research skills and development and then take that and then implement, you know, these structures of research and, and put them on display. I know that I was taught it in kindergarten and I'm not going to give the year, but I was taught in kindergarten how to type. And I think if we think it's... At, with education in the past, right? There are skills that are now defunct or not needed or just out of out of style, right? They're not needed for the current age, day and age. So like cursive, a lot of kids now don't need cursive. They don't write in cursive anywhere. Um, a lot of the writing might be done with tablets, typing. A lot of that has replaced the pen and paper. They sign a check. Yeah, and so even if you go even further back, when we had like, most, most people were rural, right? There was a lot more rural education. So what they're being taught is going to change all the time. Um, so I know in social studies, you mentioned, uh, they say like the information. Back in the day, we used to memorize dates in social studies. It was like, you got to know when this war happened. You got to know when this happened. This is a big date. Now we don't do that. We've shifted the focus because we know these students can go on Google in two seconds. They can look up every date, every big thing. They can learn more about World War II in the palm of their hand than we did from that big textbook, right, that we had in the room. So they have access to the info. The, in, the access has changed. And so they have all the access. They have more knowledge than they've ever had in history to, and, and more access to all of human history, right? So as social studies, I know they have said in, in many districts, we're not teaching content anymore. We're not focusing on the info, the dates. Not that we don't have content, we do. But we are focusing, our focus is the skills. So can the students think critically? Can they collaborate? Can they communicate? 
Can they do those things that they need to be a good citizen, a, an active participant in a democracy, to be able to solve community problems, right? These kind of things. Um, so yes, there's content, but the content is there. It's, it's accessible, it's on Google, it's on whatever platform they go on, right? So as teachers, I think we gotta be future ready. And I've read this somewhere, that we are training these kids for jobs that don't exist yet, right? Because we don't know artificial intelligence, you don't know what kind of jobs they might have in the future, but these are the kids that are gonna be adults when it happens, right? So it's like, you're training them, we're building the plane as we're flying it, right? Um, and so you have to always not get caught up in the, are we experts with this technology or that technology? Yes, you need to have a degree of proficiency to use it effectively in the classroom, but you're not gonna be an expert in every app, every platform, everything. But knowing how you're going to use it strategically, if I'm gonna use this app for collaboration, I need to know how to use this for this day, for this lesson. Not that you need to be an expert in Nearpod or Classkick or Google Classroom, but can you use it for the purpose that you're gonna use it to serve those students that day? Um, and I think teachers get caught up in saying, oh, I don't know how to use this, I don't know how to use that. Do you know how to use it for the purpose that fits your students, you know, for that lesson, that topic, that unit? We don't need, and we don't have the time to be experts in everything. But one thing we do need to do as teachers is be lifelong learners. We have to be always willing to adapt. Mm -hmm. Education is going to change 30 years from now. If we're still teaching, some of us, then, you know, it's going to look very different. The students might be virtually teleporting into the classroom, zooming in physically, right? So it, it could look very different, but we have to be willing to change and adapt as much as possible. Not that we're experts in everything, but all constantly learning and evolving with the technology. And I think you brought up very good points about that, that you know, we should be future ready. And I think uh, many districts and many schools have tried to uh, have tried to follow that model of being future ready. But what we're seeing in the classroom is just that implementation and implementation has been poor. Integration has been there, but implementation of technology, embedding it into instruction and things has been poor. Um, and like I said before, we need to see some kind of data that actually tells us that all the technology and all the apps and all the things that ha we have been asked and bombarded with in the last few um, have been effective in actually increasing student achievement levels. However, one thing it is that I wonder, and I want to ask for you all, is that how do you think technology is going to be able to address different learning styles, or has it been able to address different learning styles? Thank you for listening in today. We look forward to you joining us for another episode of School Paradigm. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this broadcast by Sunnyfield's Premier Institute. If you'd like to get more information or tools that will elevate your instructional practice, follow me on Instagram at SPI underscore international or spiinternational.org. That's spiinternational.org. Talk to you soon.